Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Your call has been forwarded to an automatic voice message system. Zero, one, two, three, four, five. Six, seven, eight, nine is not available. At the tone, please record your message. When you have finished recording, you may hang up or press one for more options. Hi, Laura and Will. Uh, this is Jenny Colgan. I think you should go and visit Inchcombe for your day out. Well, well, well. Hello. Good. Hello. Um. I always, I don't even know this, Laura, I always try and avoid saying good morning, good afternoon, good evening, because I once read an article written by Stephen Fry, where he said, you should never say good morning, good afternoon, good evening, because you don't know what time people are listening to this. So, good, hello. Good, hello. Salutations. Uh, hello, fans of National Treasures. Um, welcome to a new episode with me, Will Duggan, and you. Laura Lex. We are currently in a car. We, um, If you've listened to the episode at uh, Beamish Living Museum of the North, we're recording this the day after. Last night, we slept in a hotel in Washington. <laughs> in the closest twin beds you've ever seen yeah. in your life. I've slept in a double bed with people <laughs> where I was less close to them than I was to you in a separate bed last night, Laura. Yeah. Um, but we've just crossed the Scottish border. We stopped for a cup of tea in Coldstream. We did. Do you want to hear my Coldstream joke? Yes, please. It's a town that I'm infinitely less suspicious of than the town suddenly Warmstream. Lovely. It's urine. It's a urine joke. So we're off to Inchcombe Island. Is that yes, right? Yes, now, yes, yes. I know nothing about Inchcombe Island, Laura. Um, I only really know what I've been told by Jenny, who's sending us here. Hello, Jenny. Hi, Jenny. Um, uh, I, I believe we're going to be on a ferry for a little bit. Um, we might see seals, we might see some puffins. I like puffins. Uh, we love talking to Mary Elaine about puffins in the YouTube series. We did. Um, uh, apparently the gulls can be quite vicious. Um, and then there's the ruins of an abbey a monastery type thing on the island and I believe we will walk around those and explore. Well that sounds fantastic. We are here between the fourth rail bridge and the fourth road bridge. Um, so far it could do with a corner shop that's how I feel. Yeah but here's for hot dogs. Yeah so we stopped for a little bit of food. I wasn't wasn't sure about ordering a hot dog because sometimes those boiled hot dogs are just so wet feeling in your mouth and um, that seems hateful. So I've got a packet of crisps and a Kit Kat. Doug Dugs is chowing down on his hot dog and having a nice time. Hot dog, onions, ketchup, mustard, perfect. He's having a good time. Um, it's pretty idyllic here though, isn't it? So you just park up, free parking. Free parking, mate. That's good, isn't it? I mean, they could make an absolute killing on the... Yeah, free bloody parking. Um, and then there's just the... Is it the fourth straight? Yeah, I thought... Is it a tidal river? Because it smells like the seaside here, but obviously it's a river, not a sea. I think it's tidal, isn't it? It just goes straight out to sea. Yeah. Because this looks like low tide. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, 
Lovely. We're going to go and get on the boat. Um, shall I have a look at some TripAdvisor reviews for you, Will? Yes, please. Okay. So, um, okay. Overwhelmingly five stars. Most people absolutely love this trip. Everybody's like, it's a beautiful little abbey. It's sometimes referred to as the Iona of the East. How nice. Lovely. Um, so I've had a look, and these were the three that made me laugh the most. Um, I've got a three-star one. Um, take a stick. It actually says take and sick, but I've decided to edit that <laughs> to take a stick. Uh, take a stick if the seagulls are nesting. They are mean. Hold the stick up high. Gulls attack the highest point. Is that true? I don't know, but thank you, James, for letting us know that. Have you got a stick with you? Uh... He means his penis. Okay, so that's the three star that amused me. As I say, also, there was literally like two two stars and two one that's... stars. Everything else is five stars. Even though it's a three star, it's quite a good bit of advice, I suppose. Yeah, definitely. Um... No, I don't think true, because you very rarely see the Empire State Building attacked by gulls. <laughs> there was definitely like a couple of five star ones that I read that were like... Yeah, if you go near a nesting gull, it'll attack you. I can't see how that's the fault of the island or the people running the tour. And it was like, absolutely, well done. I enjoyed Kenya, but my brother kicked a lion and it hit him. One star. (laughs) Um, I really liked this one, both for the writing style and for the story that's happening in my head now. In my head, this is a posh British man called Jasper. Posh English man called Jasper. How many stars is this one? This is two stars. Okay. It says, poor show. Arrived by jet ski found ourselves ambushed by a historic Scotland staff member. Jet ski is not welcome here. What a shame. Awkward. (laughs) I'm picturing like a historic Scotland staff member just lying in the heather waiting for this jet skier. I'm imagining like a 60-year-old woman with a blue rinse and a long, thick black skirt being like, oh no, hen, you cannot come on here in a jet ski. There's literally baby seals underneath your jet ski. Though I do think, you know, one of the most underrepresented um, sort of demographics of the UK, if not the world, is the plight of the jet skier. Yeah. How's the jet skier supposed to know where and where they cannot go? It's it's bloody PC gone mad. It is. Um, right. Now are you ready for a one star? Let me lean back and prepare. <laughs> okay. It's quite an essay. Okay. We eagerly aboarded the ferry. Wonderful. Excited to explore the abbey and island we'd planned to see for months. Months. Halfway to the island, I heard someone say that we could not get off at the island that day. What? And then there's an interrobang there. No one had communicated that at all. At all. Not the websites websites. of the abbey or the ferry that I checked that very morning, the night before, last week, a few times in the month before, and not the two ferry ticket workers who twice clarified that we were buying tickets to the correct tour in which we would get off at Inchcombe Abbey. I'd also like to say not one single TripAdvisor review spells Inchcombe the same way twice. And I really like that. No signs, nothing. Now this is the bit where I really enjoyed myself. I'm a meticulous planner when it comes to extravagant vacations. Well, it sounds like it. You check the website eight times in the morning. (laughs) Especially one so very far from home. This is absolutely infuriating. Apparently, we could not get off because of a wedding party that got off. I wish the wedding couple well, but my family, as well as as well as many of the people around us, did not join in the clapping as they disembarked. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> Happiest day of your life. And some, where's this person from? To be fair, he's from Florida. He's come all the way from Florida, and some bitch is getting married up in his abbey. Can I be honest with you? I don't believe him. We were all too upset that we planned our limited vacation day so carefully only to be greatly disappointed in this, something that should be easily communicated over the internet and in person. Why are you giving this man the same voice as just with the jet ski? Yeah, still like, okay. And another thing, I've got so few vacation days <laughs> and I wanted to go see Inchcombe Abbey. My father was Scottish, don't you know? Yes, sorry. Where was I've he from? Him, Texas. I've given him the wrong accent very great, much there. Grating. Um... But I just, I love the idea of a happy couple getting off and everybody else on the boat waving them and clapping them goodbye and then just this miserable American family, like, fuck you, dude. Munching down on a mountain dew, being like, look at these fucking pieces. <laughs> so, overwhelmingly very positive there. There was no point in me reading you the five-star reviews because they were just, like, all the same. This abbey's beautiful. It's a ruined monastery. Um, let's go and see it. Let's get on a boat. I love going on boats. Yeah, we're going to head down the, the pier now. It's very low-key. I like this. So you just wander down the pier um, and we'll get on. 
We're queuing to get on now and the passengers that have just been on are getting off. And I have to say, I don't think I've seen one child that looks like they've had a good time. Well, even the five-star reviews have said it's all ruined. Like, there is, by its own admission, fuck all to do. <laughs> Except look. Would you have been livid at this sort of a day out when you were a kid? No, the thing is, like, but it's like anything. Like, so take um, some places, like, like Beam if you've been to. It's fun. You go, I get it now. Like in a museum, you go, look, nothing should take more than an hour and a half when you're a kid. So <laughs> as a kid, I've been in the boat, I'd be like, yeah, this is cool. I bet it goes on a bit too long for a child. Then you get on the island, you're like, this, this is nice. But you've seen it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I am a man that enjoys, you know, art, culture, history. Thank God I host a podcast about that. But if you're a kid, you're like, look, this is a really old monastery. Yep. What's the best day trip you remember as a kid? Old Towers. Do you ever go to the American Adventure Parks? Yes. Looking back, they were super racist. Terrible idea. Yeah, just outside of Birmingham. Let's do a load of roller coasters. Native American theme? Yeah. I am getting it. That's where I bought my first Dreamcatcher. First? Not only? No, (laughs) I was obsessed with things I could hang off my ceiling as a child. But you love lights. Yeah. Beams. Yeah. Very wind light. chimes? God, I had about 18 wind chimes in my bedroom. Noose. No. Uh... Oh. This is pretty idyllic. Yeah, it's fantastic. Like, uh, I, I always thought I'd be a good sailor. I always thought I'd be a good sailor, you know? And I just like being on a boat. <laughs> but not like a proper sailor where you've got to work and keep yeah. the, the ropes tight or loose whatever has to happen to ropes there's never been a better time to be alive if you love the sea because you can go on it without probably dying of dysentery or pirates I'd say definitely yeah we are now underway to Inchcombe Island which is about <laughs> four miles downstream from here and it will take us about half an hour in a few minutes the bar will be opening in the main saloon serving Great. drinks soft drinks <laughs> sweets Will's little eyes lit up there. You could see it through my sunglasses. <laughs> That's not the the small island in the middle of the river, supporting the centre cantilever of the bridge, is called Inchgarvey. There are the remains of a castle, which from 1520 was used as a state prison. All the islands in the fourth were heavily fortified during the First and Second World Wars, to protect the Royal Navy anchorage and dockyard at Rosyth. There is now a thriving seabird population on the island, thanks to a project back in 1990, when all the rats on the island were eradicated before a huge firework display from the Fourth Bridge Centenary celebrations. Now, the seabirds on the island have no predators, and the populations have been increasing every year. You know what I always think about? If you could talk to like somebody from 200 years ago and explain to them how easily, how easy it is to travel on the land, the sea and the air, they'd be absolutely livid. <laughs> I thought when people say like, make the most of your life and you're like, absolutely. But with the speed you can do stuff at now, you're just knackered. Yeah, and because I'm doing so much in a day, I can have a, a lion. I can so, have a year off. <laughs> I can't. Well, I've had a year off. It's horrible. I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> Edinburgh's such a cool city, isn't it? Just a big mountain in the middle of it. Yeah, can you set it there? Yeah, I think so. Oh, so when you go to the Edinburgh Festival and you go to the beach, we're sort of coming down that the way now, aren't we? Is named after Hunt Point. That's not what I asked. The rocky headland we're passing on our right. Its name comes from a story that back in the 12th century, when the area belonged to the Mowbray family, the youngest Mowbray son went off to fight in the Crusades, leaving his favourite dog behind. Sadly, the son was killed in the Crusades, and it's said that on dark, windy nights in winter, you can still hear the dog howling for its lost master. To this day, the Rocky Point is called Hound Point. 
Sorry, you can hear the dog howling at winter. Isn't it dead by now? Yeah, but the ghost of the dog. Just oh, right. beyond Hand Point is Baran Bugul Castle, right down at the water's edge. Baran Bugul dates back to the 12th century. It's quite good, this recorded thing. I wasn't sure when they said, oh, whether we'll play you a record. The river it won't be again. flows out of Loch Art. Loch Art is in this view, isn't there? <laughs> The king was aboard another vessel nearby. It's the little puppy doggy head sticking out over the water. Vanished under the waves. We're all having a look. Cool as a cucumber. I'll just point and say, seal. I don't know what he's chatting about on the recording. The HMS Campania sunk here. Right. Sad. Sorry about that, HMS Campania. So we're travelling backwards to the island. So you're sort of getting a really lovely view of Edinburgh to your left. The island oh God, here he goes again. Who's on, uh, on the island? Yeah. Hi guys, welcome to Inchcombe. Um, I'm just going to give you a brief intro as to what there is to see on the island. Um, the sort of main attraction on the island, of, of course, is the medieval abbey in the centre of the island. It's one of the most well-preserved group of monastic buildings in Scotland. As well as that, we have our uh, exhibition space, um, up the, just where you came down from, essentially, just on your left-hand side. So you'll see where the sign is and the sanitizer. There's an open doorway uh, into the right. If you go in there and into the right, we've got an exhibition in there with a bit of historical background, as well as some stonework as well in there. Uh, as well as the medieval history, um, we also have a little wartime history on the island. So you'll be heading up this path behind you, up the steps underneath the trees. That'll take you first of all to our tunnel which was built for the First World War. And beyond that you also have some First and Second World War defences um, to have a look at as well. Thank so you. enjoy your visit guys. Thank, Thank you, you so Thank much. You. That was the lovely Sandy you just heard there and he has agreed that any stupid questions we think of while we're walking around the island he's happy to answer them for us when we <laughs> come back. Crossing the 4th in 1123, Alexander I was blown off course and sought shelter at Inchcombe. Storm-bound for three days, he and his retinue were looked after by a hermit who shared his slender diet of the milk of a single cow, mussels and small fish. Afterwards, Alexander vowed to build a monastery on the island, but died before he could. And that's why the monastery's here. So as you get off, you get off, you go up some stairs and there's the sort of... They look very wartime, all the buildings, don't they? They do. There's also like a sort of natural harbour where some kids are kayaking. On both sides, there's a like a... To your left, as you're walking up to the abbey, is a lagoon. There's no way you can't hear the gulls. <laughs> it is just birds, 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 birds. When I... Uh, very, very close to a Motley Crue song, that, of course. Birds, birds, birds. There's feathers everywhere. It looks like a sort of teenager's idea of a girl's boarding school the next morning. And, to be fair, your average fella in his mid-30s, by which I mean me. <laughs> you are not average, Will Duggan. So just coming up to the Abbey now, he said it's the most preserved Augustine monastery in Scotland. Um, and yeah, to be fair, like there's bits of it, so there's a bit that looks like it might have been a barn or something. You can just about see where the wall is curving over. That's a bit dead. But then next to it, that looks like every spa I've ever been to in the Midlands. Uh, you do mean health spa, not off licence? Yes. Great. Hey, Nora, Nora, for the first time ever, I can say, mind your head. Nope. I still don't need to mind my head. I don't think I've ever, ever had to listen to a mind your head. Could you hold the mic for a second? Laura sanitises. Will doesn't, but why is that? He sanitised as soon as he got off the boat, has touched nothing since. So we're in the cloisters, it's very, um, maybe... Oh God, that is strong smelling sanitizer. Uh, for the listener, the smell is strong. It's... Oh, that is like a, that's like a Sambuca shot. Could you stop putting it near me? I need it to be away from me. But it's your hands. Uh, maybe 10 metres by 10 metres, four corridors in the middle some sort of green space, and I'm going to go into like a little... So the chapter house is what I was saying, like a spa from the outside. This was the main meeting room of the abbey where business was conducted. This is where the monks got down to business. 
the business of monking. Oh. Right, you hold that. I'll take a photo so of you. So that meeting. is an octagon. One, two, To the right are the seats of the abbot, prior and sub-prior, others sat on the benches around the wall. Oh yeah, okay, so there's seats built into the wall where the important guys would have been, and then everybody else sat around the edges as a sort of senate building. Alright, a master plan. Abbeys and priories all over Europe tended to follow a similar plan. The most important building was the church laid out east to west, to the south lay the cloister, Avoiding the shadow cast by the church. Clever. Very clever. All right, so there are eight parts to your classic abbey and priory. One, the high altar. Most sacred part, the mass is celebrated. Next to it in the wall is a sedilia, which are decorated seats of the officiating priests. Two, the transepts or cross arms. Side chapels, they often had side chapels dedicated to particular saints and would use to say prayers for benefactors. Very likely in this place, Laura, one of them was dedicated to St. Columba. Oh my God, they were only allowed a room in one, a fire in one room. Which room was that? The warming house. That's number four. Number three, the choir. Oh, are you actually going to go through the whole list? Well, we'd, we'd, we'd be done quick if you didn't just kick in like a screaming... Why don't you go find Alex for a little play? <laughs> the ordinary canons would sit here right. during services, oh, sometimes singing responses. Absolutely punk. <laughs> Can you all this? some stinky. To the right is the pulpitum. Decorated stone wall in front of the entrance. It's so boring, listeners. I mean, if you just shut up, it would be finished quicker, wouldn't it? Four, warming house. Five, dormitory. Six, dining hall or refectory. Once a day, the monks would eat. Mainly vegetarian, only ill and old allowed meat. Seven, the cloister. And eight, the guest room. And a quote from St. Augustine. Dwell in the house with oneness of spirit and let your hearts and minds be one in God. But nothing about screaming to play with Alex. Okay, we're going to go up a couple of little stone steps. It's very dark. You can imagine it being very dark all the time. So we're in the, the nave of the church. Um, this stone bolt was a later installation. Look at that view there, Laura, out to the sea. What percentage of you think your diet as a monk would have been eating golds? Well, if you'd, if you'd read the thing and hadn't huffed off... I heard you say they're mostly vegetarian, but yeah, so you're not going to admit that you're eating seagulls, are you? <laughs> in case you're embarrassed. Well, they probably just taste rotten, but there's loads of them. They'd probably grow their own crops. Let's name some crops. Potato. <laughs> uh, strawberries. Wow, you've gone, you've gone mad immediately. <laughs> there's a little gap between the walls there, which has to be just for viewing, but you're right, in the winter, an absolute fucking nightmare. Go upstairs. Right, these steps look like a later addition. They're a lot more uniform. I love it when stairs get that phone bit. St. Benedictine's rule during meals there should be complete silence, disturbed by no whispering, nor should anyone's voice be heard except the reader's. What they were Not reading? The old tonsia. An abbot and a patriot. Walter Bowers, abbot of Inchcombe from 1418 until his death in 1449. During his time on the island, he wrote a history of Scotland. And here's a quote from that man about his own book. Christ, he is not a Scot to whom this book is displeasing. Nice. Laura, Laura, there having a little antihistamine inhaler <laughs> right by the microphone. Sorry. Oh, it's called the Scotticronicon. I love that name. The Scotticronicon. What a great name. If you had to write a book of your life, what would the... Um... Willy Chronicon. No. Uh, you only just heard about Chronicons. No, I didn't. This part of the tower has been converted into a chamber, probably for the occupation of one of the Abbey's office holders. The hole in the floor was for the raising and lowering of bells. Okay, so that's what someone was walking on over the top of us when we were underneath it. Oh, you get a hell of a view out of this window. I'll take a photo of it, although it's Imagine that, you're just ringing your bell and it's dinging right across the fourth like that. Oh, wow. Oh, oh my God, 
A door that was low enough for me to have to duck. Here's the question. Was that low for the monks? Or were they properly like tinsel little monk? Popping it here to rise. No, I think that must have been low even for a monk. I've hit my head. People weren't on average four and a half feet tall. It's a thousand years ago, though. Yeah, but they weren't on average four and a half feet tall a thousand years ago. You don't know. I do know, because no other doors are this height all the time. And this is the only door here that's this low. I think they've probably raised the floor in here looking at this concrete. What questions have we got for Sandy? We want to know about the monk haircut. We want to know how many people lived here. We want to know how tall they all were. We do. We want to know what's the most exciting thing that ever happened at this monastery. Right, should we wander a bit around the island then? Yeah. It is genuinely quite an intimidating walk with all these birds everywhere. So there was a sign. So we're on the short glass, grass walking around the island and a big sign said visitors are advised to keep to the short grass during gull nesting season, which it is. And we walk around and it's like a scene from the birds. They're all just standing in the grass staring at you. You can see a few of the nests in the long grass. There's lots of adolescents around. They're the great ones, yeah? Yeah. It's a beautiful walk though. It is quite stunning. I just turned around to look at the birds then and you can see the war fortifications up on the hill. Great. We're going quite looking forward to getting around to that bit. I never feel like I hear much about Scotland in the wars. I suppose though, because neither war... The fighting never came up this way. No. Obviously there were lots of Scottish... Uh, Soldiers in both. What's his name? Um, oh, what's his goddamn name? Someone will let us know on the uh, tweet us at Treasures Pub with the name of the guy who went into the D Day landings with a broadsword and bagpipes. <laughs> Survived! Yes, mate. Okay, here's the thing about this trip so far. I'm having a lovely time. I feel really relaxed. I feel this is just what I needed today. Um, I would not want to come here pushing a pushchair. Nope. I wouldn't want to come with a child younger than maybe eight. Nope. That was going to run around and amuse themselves. I would bring a child with a friend to keep them amused. Because it is a scrubby island covered in birds. Um, uh, but I've... it's kind of great. But those would be my restrictions so far. Also, don't come here if you have a mortal fear of birds. This might sound really stupid. But I think that might be the first time I've ever seen a seagull stood in a tree. Yeah, yeah. I can't think of many places I've seen seagulls rather than near my chips, in the air, on the window near my house. Yeah, like on a lamppost and stuff. I've never seen a seagull in a tree before. I love watching the uh, adolescent ones that aren't very good at following. Like this one here, look, he's running, running, running. Wing, 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 wing. <laughs> and then just, like, what? Nothing happened here, boys. Nothing to see. It's just having a little practice. And the ones, even the ones that get up don't know how to use the wind that well. No. Oh, 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 that one got there in the end. That one got there in the end. Yeah, that yeah. one is just hovering, battering its wings against oh. the wind. Oh, he's up, though. Strong smell of uh, bird shit. Mmm. Real big one. Would you have rather been a monk on this island or a monkey <laughs> uh, or your average basic pikeman in an army oh god neither <laughs> you have to do one pikeman i get so bored here like what's his name that abbot who wrote the history of scotland he didn't give a fuck he just had nothing to do <laughs> This guy's just nested right in the middle of the path. Off wow. you trot. Go on, Gibson. Gibson? I've just called him Gibson. That was a neat, tidy gull, that one. This one, actually. Oh, his little nest there. We're not being dive-bombed, though, so the young... These adolescents must be the youngest ones on the island, I think. Because I haven't been bombed at all. Yeah. 
Well, it's not bothered that we're here either. No. Like like all birds, we get too near, they go away. <laughs> I like how the path though, you like we've so we've looped round one end of the island and we're sort of doing the figure of eight bit back, but there's quite a large portion of the island that you can't get to beyond the end of the path. So they've left all of the island extremities just to the seals and the birds. The monastery is impressively well preserved. We've sort of looped right back now and we're wandering back past it. The outside walls, they look good. They do, but I, I suppose all they've had to deal with for the last thousand years is the weather. Yeah, I suppose you're not going to come and pinch stuff off here to build other things, are you? Because like, it's such a trek. Well, say, built at the end of the 12th century, during the because uh, Alexander the First shipwrecked here, wanted to build it, died. His brother David the First built it to, you know, for his brother. It got attacked once or twice by British, or what are the English, only English soldiers. But I think in that in that kind of instance, you'd go for the people and the goods. You wouldn't. Yeah, you wouldn't be pillaging rocks, would you? How long would it take you to swim from here to shore? Uh, where we came from, or the other side? Just to the nearest bit of coast we can see here. Almost that two miles plus current. A good swimmer. Don't know. Hour and a half. <laughs> yeah. It's like when they say, like, oh, we were shipwrecked here for three days. And you think, were storms just longer and worse in the past? Well, or did well, you have to have absolutely perfect weather? Well, they had no engines. I doubt they were as fit as Olympic athletes, your average man. <laughs> um, You'd hope not. Like, if you're on an 11th, a 13th century diet and you uh, can swim better than an Olympic athlete in 2021... That's a bad Olympic athlete. Yeah, like you've definitely got gout, haven't you? You're swimming better than maybe the shot putter. <laughs> yep. Do you know what this island's reminding me of? When I was in Crete on my honeymoon, we went to a town called Ias Nikolaos and we went to a former leper colony just off the that island that was used as a leper colony like right up to the 1950s, I think. Um... And it was really cool. And I happened at the time to be reading a book by... Whose book was I reading? Who's that author that writes really well about Greece and stuff? Can't remember. Anyway. Plato. <laughs> um, I was uh, reading a book that was set on the leper colony. Well, do you know, I remember watching as a kid an episode of Cab File. And it was set... Did you know Cab File? Vaguely, yeah. It's like, it's, it's like a, it's like a mystery. Not a mystery, but yeah, monks. but it's set in monks, and it was Derek Jacobi on TV. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and one of the plots revolved around a leper colony. And my mum was like, "Oh, Jen, they only really got rid of leper colonies uh, not long after I was born." Yeah. And I said, "Are there any?" And she, that would have been about maybe eight. Just, I thought mean, she was a bit bored. And she's like, what, thirty-seven when I was eight? She's like. Oh yeah, and if you're bad, I'll send you to one. <laughs> and that's just a little joke. But I didn't want to joke. I'm shitting it for ages. I'm going <laughs> to see me off to a leper colony. I was definitely quite worried about leprosy as a kid. It's like going Le to a church school. Leprosy and, and quicksand. Yeah. So heading back from the sort of one side of the island, which is the abbey, you go up a hill, the other side, which is all the war stuff. Oh, you're going to hear some panting. Very steep. So I was just reading on a thing there. Mm. Despite what I said about uh, not necessarily being as involved in the wars, this island was the site of the first air raid from Germany in World War II. Oh, wow. Okay. Speaking of World War II, I read a thing the other day saying that uh, the old... Axis forces built an airfield out of wood, wooden planes, wooden everything, so it looked like they had more stuff than they did. But huh. the British intelligence knew about it, let them finish like six months' work, and the day they finished, they just dropped one wooden bomb on it. <laughs> <laughs> so, accessibility really an issue. Oh my god, yeah, these things are horrific. 
it's terrible because you're trying to climb and it's hot and obviously I finished my water rather than making it last and every third breath in there's real pungent bird poop there's a lot a lot happening a lot happening there's noise there's smell <laughs> there's sweat that's mainly me and Laura it's a feast for the senses. Okay, so you reached top of the stairs, which was an absolute ball ache, and you get to a tunnel. Inside the tunnel, you'll hear the echo. Very similar fans of the Tom the Tank Engine series, one that the bad engine gets bricked up in. What? They brick someone in? Yeah, he's not being very useful, so they brick him in. It's horrible. Jesus Christ. They let him out again, though, do they? Well, I think the next story. Oh, it's genuinely quite dark. So what was this tunnel? This is a war thing. Yeah, I think it's to do with, like, a armament. Um, you want a torch down here. This is very dark. Oh, it's got real runaway children vibes. And then you come out. You come out the other end, and you're in Narnia. Oh, you come out the end for the most amazing view of Edinburgh. Wow. That is fantastic. And that's the RSPB sanctuary over there, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's a hell of a view. Yeah. We've been so lucky with the weather. Amazingly lucky. It's amazing to think with history, isn't it? That there are some people who've spent World War II just in these guns, waiting for the Nazi invasion. And now just me and you just wandering around, having a nice time. I always think that, like, more people probably come on this island in a year now than used to come on per century. Yeah. We're just coming into the exhibition and there's a little board that sort of explains to you about what's happening uh, on the island with nature this time of year. So um, they're saying that it's jellyfish season, the puffins have just gone but they've had a lovely successful year with the 40 nesting pairs and lots of little ones. Um, most of the adult girls have gone so pretty much everyone we've seen are juveniles. They've had some lovely low tides, which is good for seal spotting. They've seen their first pup. Yeah, that's nice. I like that. Okay, yeah, so by the outbreak of war in 1914, the 4th offered a combination of targets. Edinburgh, Scotland's capital city, the railway bridge, a vital communications link, Rosyth Naval Dockyard, and a heavy concentration of warships. So this would have been somewhere you really wanted to take yeah. out. But um, it says they had, like, a lot of uh, artillery and stuff here and they weren't needed in the end the fleet never attacked here there was zeppelin raids you forget about zeppelins don't you yeah they just sort of seem a bit made up yeah it's always a sign of like um uh, the world in an alternate timeline yeah. zeppelins everywhere so yeah they is had it they had uh, rock that they talk about blimping all the time or is it um no it's schmidt isn't it kimmy schmidt Oh, there were 500 men stationed here in World War II. That's a lot of people on this island. Uh, yeah, actually, I suppose you're right. So there's bits and pieces on the wall as well as the war. There's stuff about general abbeys and monasteries. Um, sort of looking at religious orders and why some people chose hermitry. Hermit? Hermit, hermit life. And some people chose religious communities. There's a stone here from the 9th century and it's a, the pattern on it is associated with Vikings. The Vikings did probably land here at some point. Oh, it was cool. like 200 years before the church is set up. What do you mean it's a pattern associated with Vikings? So, it's called a hogback stone um, because of the carve on the top. It's a bit like a hog's back. Uh, the stone, this one we're looking at, it says it dates from the mid 10th century. And the type of monument it's particularly associated with the Viking Age in Scotland and Northern England. So it's carved to imitate house tiles on a house roof. Uh, there's an account from 1535 that used to be a cross on it, but they found no evidence of that ever. 
Shall we go and find Sandy? Yes. Okay, so can you tell us what your role here on Inchcombe is? So I'm a site steward out here on Inchcombe, um, so I have various different jobs I need to do day to day. Um, get out in the morning, um, general jobs in the morning are just kind of figure out what boats are coming that day, um, writing that up, um, doing the kind of horrible stuff like cleaning the toilets and benches and stuff. <laughs> um, yeah, just look through the diary, see if there's any particular special things going on, like if there's a wedding or if there's a special visitor or a school group. Throughout the day, obviously, because it's a boat site, we have to tie up all the boats, um, check people's tickets, kind of answer any questions that they might have as they're going around the island. Um, and then, of course, if we've got events on, like weddings, we have to kind of set that up as well. Um, we've got a couple of, well, three different spaces for weddings. Um, one that's used the most, which is the largest one, and then kind of medium one, and then... Oh, that's one as well. that'd be nice. Do you have to stop? Obviously, like, the island's overrun with gulls and birds. Do you oh. have to stop them trying to nest in the monastery? Generally, they don't um, nest in the centre of the island. Oh, um, okay. They tend to stick to kind of beyond the abbey at the western end or where the kind of main bunch of fortifications are on the east side. Do you have to intervene much with the wildlife or is it like... It's nature, what happens Because um, it's not a it's sanctuary, a, 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 is it? A, a, um, it's, we kind of don't interfere too much with it. Um, there are sometimes unpleasant points where we have to kind of dispose of gums that have died. Oh, well, such like, we were up um, on the western bit and we saw, <laughs> we smell the dead bird and we saw part <laughs> of the dead bird. <laughs> So there is that kind of, especially when there's a lot of children on the island, yeah. I mean obviously kids have to learn about death and stuff, but just to make it a little bit more pleasant on their day out, um, we kind of have to... Yeah. You can learn about death, you don't have to learn about the slow decay of a body in heat. Exactly. Hey, have, have a look at this lovely abbey, death comes for us all. Uh, <laughs> What's um, your favourite bit of wildlife? On the island? Yeah, so, like, or, or the, the forest in general. Um, have you, what I'm basically asking is have you ever seen a killer whale? So, I'll answer that on both accounts. <laughs> So, in terms of the island, I love the puffins. I think everyone loves the puffins. I think they've pretty much left yeah. now. Yeah. Um, so, you probably won't have seen any, or you've not seen any for days. Um, so, obviously, because they are just so small, um, have such an awkward flight and landing, <laughs> and their beaks are lovely, um, and they're a bit harder to spot. Like, obviously, you've seen a million gulls and come already today, but sometimes. When you see a bunch of puffins, it's like a nice surprise. So that's good to see these kind of <coughs> seabirds as well. Um, we have a lot of oyster, oyster catchers as well that you tend to see about the island. I actually saw an oyster catcher in the refectory recently, <laughs> which is the kind of main wedding space that we have, yeah. um, which was obviously previously where the monks would have had that cannon, sorry, correct myself, would have eaten. That was interesting because I was kind of cleaning the benches that morning um, and I just heard a bang behind me, like a constant thump. Um, it was actually, there was a oyster catcher caught in the refectory oh, and nice. thought its only way out was through the window, which you can't open or anything. Um, so I tried to kind of usher it out. Um, I didn't want to get really close to yeah. it. I was kind of using, <laughs> using a brush. Um, I don't know if I'll get sack for this. Um, but I was just trying to guide <laughs> it to the door. Um, but that didn't work, so I was just trying to rethink. But then eventually my colleague Vicky, who you've also spoken to, she um, uh, she managed to get a kind of towel around it. And it was actually very calm when she went and got it. Like, that's what I was worried about, is that it would yeah. kind of, as well as being distraught, it would probably attack me. So that was why I was trying to keep my distance, because uh, I've got very long weeks. But um, yeah, Vicky managed to get it, and as soon as it was in the towel, she just took it, it was very calm, yeah. took it outside, put it down, it was still still after she'd taken the towel away and then eventually um, she looked away and it just flew away once it's, she stopped paying attention to it. So. But yeah, and, and in terms of in the fourth, um, it's nice to see kind of more unusual things like whales and dolphins every now and again, so yeah, yeah that's, that's great. Cool. Loads of seals, but you see them all the time. So. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty cool for us. <laughs> when, yeah. you were, um, when the Abbey was like active, mm -hmm. how many people would live in it? So you'd have 15 to 16 canons, so the canons are essentially the monks, and 
differentiation between the two um, is that monks would generally tend to stay within the one place, okay. uh, but because obviously the way Inchicoma is, um, the canons, they were Augustinian canons, that was the uh, type of uh, canons they were, um, they would mostly be on the island sort of praying, um, living a very kind of devout life, being very quiet and doing lots of prayer and mass and stuff like that, um, but they would also travel out with and preach on the mainland. Ah. Um, so the distinction is mainly that the canons can move about sort of thing, but their base is here. Yeah. Um, so there'd be about 15, 16 of those, um, but they'd also have servants who would kind of do kind of other jobs that they, like non-religious jobs. Um, would they have had like little bits of farmland on here? Yeah, so, yeah, they, they, they would, that would be one of the jobs for the servants, yeah, would be okay. kind of farming. Huh. Um, there have been kind of sheep and things on the island previously, ah. um, but yeah, I imagine they would grow like crops and things as well. So Laura wondered how often you reckon they ate gulls. Mm. I said I never. Don't know, I, don't know, I, don't know, I don't know. Surely what you'd the be hungry enough to was back then. Um, But yeah, imagine if they were desperate. They might. I can't imagine they taste nice though. Gulls. No. Taste yeah. of anger. They would taste of anger and fish suppers, probably. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love a fish. Like a real rancid pate. That's what I'm imagining a seagull tastes like. Oh, Sandy, thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Thanks. Yeah, th- thank you for having us. It's been really lovely. It's been the best, hasn't it? So, which was while you're here, Sandy, in about 50 words, tell people why they should come to Inchcombe, if you'd be so good. You should come to Inchcombe um, because, as I say in my spiel, which you also recorded, but I'm going to repeat it, um, it's host to one of the most well-preserved group of monastic buildings in Scotland. Um, it also has a fantastic uh, history in terms of uh, the First and Second World War. It even has defences going back to Napoleonic times. On top of that, it's got some fantastic wildlife, including seabirds um, and you've got kind of seals and various kind of wildlife in the river as well um, and in the summer and a day like today it's absolutely gorgeous yeah. so it's well yeah, worth the visit well, oh, thank you so much for chatting you. to us we are back on the boat we are how do you feel Will? I feel at she which we just learned is Gaelic for peace yes I feel at peace uh, I loved it. It was great. Yeah. Like, it's definitely helped by the fact that it's a beautiful day. Like barely a cloud in the sky. The weather's hot, but not um, restrictively hot. Mm. There was enough to do. I, mean, you know, I said earlier about, is, are we going to be kicking our heels? No. Yeah. There's like five minutes at the end where we had, but we just sat by the beach. The try. Yeah. I think that's the thing. I wouldn't come here like. Oh, it's the only thing you must do in Edinburgh. It's like you're here for a week and you want a day where you get up, you have a leisurely breakfast, you chill out, you do something really nice for a couple of hours and then you go out for dinner in the evening. What a lovely day this has been. Yeah, perfect. The only negatives I can think is it's not loads to do for kids, it's not everywhere it can be for kids yeah. and it's not the most accessible place but it's an island from an abbey that was built a thousand years ago. It's not going to be. Yeah. Um, we'll go and talk to Jenny about it, find out that why this is her place. Great. Hello, Jenny. Uh, thank you so much for sending us to the Abbey. Uh, we had a lovely time, didn't we, Laura? Sorry, I was having a mouthful of Beamish tea then because I thought you'd talk for longer. Um, yes, oh my, <laughs> I loved this day out. When we were on the ferry on the way back, me and Will were both sitting there like, oh, I could just go to sleep now. This is the most relaxing day of work I've ever done. It was fantastic. I, I, I love any day of work that involves going on a boat for a little while as well. Like, yeah. I, I feel like a, a, a pirate, frankly. I feel like a pirate. <laughs> so you live near the island, don't you, Jenny? I do. You can see our house from the island uh, quite clearly and we can see it uh, every morning and it tends to hit the it gets a lot of light quite often Inchcombe eerily is sunny while the rest of Scotland is often not very sunny and then there's a there's a kind of old legend that they knew this that they found the sunniest place on the east coast to build (laughs) how often do you go then do you do you have a boat (laughs) that might be a really stupid question (laughs) 
Um, no, no, we don't have a boat. Um, uh, but there's an annual, the village that I live in, that you could see of Aberdour, which is on the Fife coast, uh, there's a pilgrimage that the church organises every year, and it, you don't have to be churchy. Uh, and they rent the little boat that you went on, the Maid of the Fourth. Of course, it's not that little, it takes like a couple of hundred people. Yeah. Uh, and you puddle over, and then the kind of jolly pastor with his, um, with his crook kind of leads us down to the grounds, and there's a couple of hymns and stuff. But mostly, it's just a lovely day out, and everyone brings a picnic, and the weather's generally very nice, and, and the kids all kind of scamper about, and they play on the beach, and they get lost in the tunnels, and uh, I think you get like two, and then everyone gets really nervous, they'll miss the boat back, and it's it's just a lovely, it's just a lovely day oh, yeah, out. And you're there, great. with you know, you know everybody there. So, yeah. but the, the trip is always in September, and September generally here is very, very nice. Yeah, you get some beautiful kind of golden autumn days. I love September weather. What's your um favourite? Because we felt like the island was sort of really neatly and usefully broken up into segments. So you had the the abbey bit on the beachy bit, and then you had the the sort of um b- birdie bit as we refer to it, and then round on the other like wing of the butterfly of the island, you had the warry bit. What's your favourite bit? It is, isn't it? It's like Disneyland. It's like adventure. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think I do have a favourite because it was, I think, the first time I took the boys and they were like, what is this church? You know, yeah. they were all really fussy about it. And, um, and the you know, the big World War tunnel yeah. uh, where it disappears and it goes dark. And yeah, that was, they were sold. Once they saw that, they were sold. <laughs> of course, one of them didn't want to go through and then they didn't want to look scared. And, you know, and, and you can see kids doing that every year. You know, their eyes get really wide as they get close to it. <laughs> That and tunnel was a lot darker than I thought it was going to be. Like, it, yeah. was, it, it was quite scary, that tunnel. <laughs> I love, and so the kids are like, oh, God, church and history. Uh, yeah. Um, and then it ends up being kind of really, you know, there. and that's it. Once they're up there, they're up there. And also the view from up the top of the war thing of Edinburgh and the yeah. ships coming through is just, did you get a sunny day when you went? Yeah, we did. We yeah, had really an amazing sunny. day. Yeah, I, it's just, I think it's, I just think it's heavenly out there. I think it's really weird. You know, people get married out there all the time and I think, oh, that's cool. Did you meet the, um, did you meet the, the, the person who lives there all the time? Yes. Well, yeah, well, yeah, go on. Sorry, Laura. No, you I'll, go, Will. Uh, so we did meet them, but they're not staying there all the time now because of co- of COVID. It's just they're, oh, they're right. back on the mainland. Oh. So there's no one living there. But we met the guy oh. who, and I'd been... Uh, thinking about him because I was thought, God, imagine if you just got a craving for like a, a Domino's or whatever. You just couldn't slake it. So I asked him about that. And he said people on jet skis just bring in pizzas occasionally. <laughs> I think it's the greatest takeaway I've ever heard of. Like the yes. island was nice. The thought for Domino's was incredible. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a... just, it's, it, it just, I, I just find it so interesting that actually back when they built it, um, going anywhere right by boat was substantially quicker than than going anywhere by road because the roads were so terrible so mm. you know you were you were literally extremely well connected yeah, living on Inchcombe, uh, between edinburgh and of course dunfermline when that was built was the capital that's where the king and queen lived so you've got dunfermline on one side of the first and edinburgh on the other side and yeah you just sit between them it's like living in common Guard. I hadn't thought of that because we just got like the people will have heard on the episode us talking about like being super remote but that's a really interesting mind blower that you weren't remote you were on the middle of the motorway (laughs) (laughs) you You were living at Corley services yeah yeah you were Okay, that makes more sense then, because Will and I were literally having that conversation going, you're already living in Scotland in the 1100s. Why would you make life harder for yourself (laughs) by living on a rock? But that makes sense. Oh, I love it. Yeah, you're making life a lot easier for yourself and a lot less kind of, you know, tribal banditry when you don't have to face them all the time. Pirates. Well, yes, I suppose pirates. Yes, right. is this, are you just having a very pirate day? Is that what it is? The thing is, I think if ever I think about ships, I think about pirates. And that's, that's how my brain works. If it's pirates, it's ships. If it's ships, it's pirates. He's... Oh, see, my husband works in shipping. He's a en- uh, marine engineer. So it's whenever I think of ships, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea, but actually on balance, I think an engineer is probably a slightly better. But he is not a pirate, but they do keep a gun on board 
and are very careful, particularly if they're refueling at somewhere like Cape Verde. Yeah. I've got to so say, Jimmy, it for... sounds like he's a pirate. He's got, he's on a ship. He's got a gun. It, it screams pirate to me. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, he's kind of the kind of dull person fighting the pirates, but um, they are ready for they are ready for pirates. Although I think it's kind of it's not the danger that it was. I don't know what how they've sorted out, but it doesn't seem to be. It certainly was a real issue at some point. Mm. Oh, sorry, I'm not thinking happen. of Somali pirates. That's terrifying and awful. I'm thinking of Captain Hook. <laughs> well, they're real pirates. The pirates—that's what all pirates were like. <laughs> they're all terrifying. <laughs> you think, yeah, there's no jolly band of crocodile like watch pirates. <laughs> crocodile watch pirates is the um, unwritten draft that Elton John never released. <laughs> As a like, you're a writer. Do do you find places like Inchcombe? sort of inspire you along surprising lines or do you like switch off when you go somewhere like that and you're just like nope this is me time and it's nothing to do with work well I don't write historical so no. you know I don't feel under any kind of pressure from that perspective but I think um living somewhere like Edinburgh where I spend about half of my time it's unavoidable that every step that you take has been trodden on by a thousand other people yeah. a million other people you know for hundreds and hundreds of years and that is you know it's just interesting when you go up one of those courses or you come down Jacob's Ladder you can't not think of, of the countless lives that have streamed past before you and yeah there's, there's something about that you know living in a place with really really old bones yeah because um, I always think writing pleasant. historical must be exhausting because you have to do so much research before you can even start imagining and that just seems like work rather than fun writing. I tell you what I hate in historicals when everybody speaks in historical tones. I can't bear it. I can't say, why, pretty sir, good more. You know, yeah. um, I hate I hate it. And also in science fiction, I hate the idea that in the past people had no sense of humour. You know, that they, 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 they spoke protests. I didn't really get on with Game of Thrones, even though that's not a real path. But, you know, this this idea that the uh, the world used to be full of people intoning grave news to each other. Whereas, of course, uh, you know, if you look at Shakespeare or, or, or Vanity Fair or something like that, it wasn't. It was just as full of... It isn't like the earliest Rome graffiti, somebody making a fart joke. You know, it's not... Yeah. I think humans haven't changed, and I hate historical books that imply that somehow that they have and that they had this lordly serious way of speaking that we don't have anymore and that's just nonsense i think one of the reasons i liked the hillary mantles books so much is that they're very funny have you ever heard the it's almost like a conspiracy theory to do with monks and cats so obviously monks were like sort of handwriting all their manuscripts so they did the, the doodles in the margins and they had apparently competitions between like abbeys for who could draw the funniest cats Charming. Maybe the lads are in. I was reading something this morning that suggested that a monk might spend his entire career on one manuscript. That sounds like me writing a book. (laughs) Yeah, I've written one joke in the last 10 years. That is exactly how I feel right now with the first draft submission stage. I'll never write anything ever again. Oh, Jenny, thank you so much. Like, one, for sending us there, because we just... I'd never we have had thought a great day. of going to some... I'd never have heard of it. I'd never have Googled it. I'd have gone to Edinburgh, hung out in Edinburgh, and that's all I would have done. So thank you so much for informing us. And then thank you for talking to us as well. Yes, thank you for I've, those I've two just, things I'm in so that order. I'm so thrilled you had a brilliant time. You know, when you think that something's wonderful, then it's the nicest thing that yeah. somebody else likes it too. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you very much. Bye, Jenny. Bye. And there we have it. Thank you so much for listening to our trip to Inchcombe. If you like what we do, we would love you to share your love for it. Uh, What we need at the moment is a little bit more spread in the love of the podcast. So if you can share it on social media or tell a friend or something like that, we are at Treasures Pod on social media. You can email us nationaltreasurespodcast at gmail.com. And if you've liked what you've heard of years and years, you can head over to Patreon and see if you fancy an episode of that every week. But for now, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week. Goodbye!
ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.